Welcome to another teaching series from Pastor Reza Safa. For more information on Pastor Reza's teachings and ministry, please visit www.rezasafa.com. And now here this man comes looking at Jesus. He says, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The trespass offering, the guilt offering, the, 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 the sin offering, the meal offering, all of the offering all of the sacrifices all of the food uh, ceremonies all of them had to be done away with because Jesus by one sacrifice completed that entire 1500 years of law that was revolutionary John how could you say that the Bible says he came in the wilderness he must be crying and crying in the wilderness yelling on top of his voice for that glorious work that was supposed to be done it was a revolutionary idea in the eyes of the the jewish people no wonder they want to kill john the baptist and no wonder they want to kill jesus no wonder they want to kill uh, apostle paul and peter and all of them because all of that tradition all of that law the law of moses when they stoned stephen you know what they said they said this man blaspheme against the temple against the law of moses and so so it was hard for the jews to receive that and so and it was hard for paul that's that's why the romans the book of romans especially the book of galatians all it deals with this issue the christians in the beginning could not separate the law from the grace they mixed it they believed in jesus they believed in his salvation but they said okay but let's also do this Okay, we believe Jesus is the Son of God. We believe He's the one who takes away the Lamb of God. But, but you have to be sac- you have to be circumcised because it says it's an everlasting uh, ordinance. So why not also respect Sabbath? Because it says in the Old Testament it's an everlasting. Did you know there are churches that have their services on Sabbath? It's an they say it's an everlasting rest. And so Jesus, okay, but. I call it plus. I call it Jesus plus plan. It's Jesus, and I made it up. So if anybody says it, I came up with it. Jesus plus plan. That means it's Jesus plus our works. And it's amazing how that idea is prevalent. Let me show it to you. Even in our uh, Christianity today, and actually it's getting stronger these days. Look at in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now what is the gospel? When you hear the word gospel, and don't try to philosophize it. When you hear the gospel, what comes to your mind? Good news. Anything else? Jesus? Huh? Okay. Death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. I tell you, we're in the right, right crowd here. <laughs> You've been listening to my teaching. Ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now, verse 17. For in it, in what? In the gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Every time I have tried to teach you on righteousness, I couldn't go any further. It is as though we don't have quite an understanding of what righteousness is. And I've struggled, beat my brain on the nights that I've been preparing for righteousness, and it seems like 
I cannot get it out, just like Dr. Osborne was telling me, is getting it out in the smaller pieces, palatable, palatable pieces, that we can, we can chew on it, that we can grab it, that we can digest it, because if we don't digest it, we don't live by it. And because we're not living, the church is not living by righteousness, so we're not getting it. So we're missing. There's something is missing. And what is that hindrance for us to understand that I am God's own righteousness? That's hard to believe it. That me with all of my mess, I am God's rightness. I've come up with a new theory on righteousness. Write this down if you could. Or a new definition for righteousness. Righteousness is owning the ability or the capacity of character, deed, and nature that privilege me to all of God's stuff. I was big. That's long. And I, I got to dissect that. Righteousness is owning, is possessing, not just assenting, not just uh, agreeing, not just acknowledging it, but possessing. Possessing what? The capacity or the ability of, number one, character, two, deed, three, and nature that privilege me owning that in those three areas, having the capacity in those that privilege me to all of God's stuff. Everything that God has, it gives me the right to it. Now, we agree with it, but in reality, when the doctor says you have cancer, we go see our lawyer about writing a will, our, our will or our inheritance. We go to 20 hundred doctors and chemo the life out of us because at the face of death, we do not act righteous. At the face of danger, we do not act like righteousness of God. At the face of lack, we do not act as the righteousness of God. So in reality, we're not practicing that. We agree with it. It's been a phrase. We agree with it. But we, it's not a revelation knowledge by which we live by. Jesus talked to Lazarus, talked to that grave as he's talking to you and I. He walked on water just the same way you and I walk on the dry ground. What was it that he had that we, we are not practicing? He knew that he was righteous. He said, the devil is coming, but he ain't got nothing in me. He was assured of who he was in God. And at the face of every situation, he was master of it. You know, he was a devil master. I, I confused that I was in Florida. I, I kept saying, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a master devil. I want to say I'm a devil master. I said, I'm a master devil. I kept saying that over and over again. In reality, I want to say I'm a devil master. But, I, you know, Persian goes the other way around. That's why I confuse it oftentimes. In Persian, you say you're a master devil. Same meaning that he's got, I'm a devil master. But I thought about it. I saw this is what the church is doing. The church wants to say, I'm a master devil or I'm a devil master. But really, they are saying, I'm a master devil. I'm no good. God doesn't listen to my prayer. So, Mr. Benihin, can you pray for my healing? Brother Razor, can you pray for my healing? Are you listening to me? So, 
in reality we're not practicing. Now, let me, this word alone. The gospel, when we, you know that word gospel is the English word. The Greek word for it is evangelion or evangelion. evangelion. How do you say that word? E-V-A-N-G-E-L-I-O-N. Evangelion or evangelion. In English, we've changed that. In Swedish, actually, we say evangeliet. We use that same word. But in English, we've put the word gospel in there. We just made up that word, gospel. I don't know how it came. Dr. Osborne is trying to figure out where that word comes from. It actually means, doesn't mean good news. It means the reward of good news. Later on, they took the reward away and they said just good news. But it means the result of that good news. That's what the gospel is. When we think about the gospel, because we've been saying the four gospel, the four gospel, the four gospel, we think about gospel means Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But that's not what it means. Gospel, go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, because, see, we, we build these, these, uh, these, these uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? These cliches that, that religion has preached to us, and we take away the reality of what God's word is saying. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in a nutshell, Paul is telling us what the gospel is. Moreover, brethren, verse 1, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, through the gospel you're saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So in a nutshell, the gospel is Jesus died, was buried, went into netherland, netherworld, and rose on the third day. Result of what he did, the reward of what he did is the gospel. What was the outcome of his death, burial, and resurrection is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's good news. I mean, it's good news and reward of the good news. Why is it then the world looks at Christianity and they think it's a bad news? Why is it when the world looks at the Christian TV, they say it's all about money? Are they right? Huh? See, the world doesn't have this. The world doesn't have the gospel. The world hears what you preach to them and what I preach to them. So they judge us, they judge him by what we tell them. So if they, and their judgment is correct. If they are saying it's all about money, that means 80% of what they hear, it's not about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, which is, and the result of it, which is good news. What they're hearing, it's about give me your money. Tell me if I'm not telling the truth. When the world sees that Christian TV, it says they are all about getting my money. That's bad news. But the gospel is what? The gospel is what? So we should shut all those preachers who talk about money. Shut them up. Because they're not preaching good news. Now I'm not judging them, but they're preaching another gospel. Now let me go and, let me go and talk about this a little bit more in detail. In it, in, in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, it gives us, reveals to us, righteousness. God's goodness. God's character. God's ability. 
the righteousness of God. Let me say how hard this is for us, for all of us. This is the battle for the gospel. Galatians chapter 2. The book of Galatians chapter 2. Look at this. Look at how hard it is for us to operate in this new covenant with a right mindset. It says in verse 1, then after 14 years, let me read from Galatians chapter 1 verse 18. This is Paul talking about his conversion, how many years he, he took what. And in verse, he says, uh, verse 15, he says, but when, I ple when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Now let's add the numbers he's talking here. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Afterwards, verse 21, I went into regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God in me. Chapter 2, verse 1. Then after 14 years, so 14 and 3, 17 years here now. I went up to again, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. Yet not even Titus who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus that they might bring us into bondage. What is he talking about? He's talking about those who said you are saved but you got to be circumcised also. Jesus okay but don't, don't miss circumcision because you got to, it's a covenant, everlasting covenant. To whom we did not yield submission even for one hour that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, he's talking about the apostles of the Lord now. It makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seem to be something added nothing to me. We get so impressed by names. He says these names didn't add anything to me. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing that I was eager to do. Now, verse 11. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face. Here's a former great apostle, pillar of the church. But I withstood him. In verse 11, the, on the side of my margin, that word withstood says, I opposed him. Wow. You're opposing God's apostle? I opposed him to his face because... He was to be blamed. Why? For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, the Jews came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of circumcision. 
had to do something with dietary food that the, that the Jews did not eat of the Gentiles' food because it was not kosher. And here, he was eating it. He was using his liberty in Christ. He was eating it. But when the Jews came, he stepped on side. He says, no, I don't want to do anything with you guys. That food is not good. So he, he agreed with the traditions with the Jews. He, he did not want to offend the Jews or disassociate himself with the law. That's the way you can say it. And then he says, and the rest of the Jews also played the hip hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth, see, he's not talking about their character. He's talking about the gospel. He says, when I realized that their action, it's not in accordance to the truth of the gospel. What is the gospel? Jesus died, paid the penalty for man's sin, went down to the hell, paid the penalty for us there, rose up on the third day, and he justified us without any of my deeds being involved in it. That's the gospel. So he said, what they were doing, it was not in accordance to what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection. So I had to oppose him because it wasn't just a, a little character flaw here. This was something that touched the core belief of Jesus' death, burial, when we, when we say gospel, that has to come to mind. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and the result of, of what he did. Now, this is powerful. Nobody thinks like these these days. As a matter of fact, Dr. T.L. Osborne is the only one I've heard who says like that. Nobody else that I know of allows the stuff going on, including myself, without dealing with it. And because of it, we lack the power because the gospel is the power of God. The gospel is God's power. Now listen, he says, I withstood him because his action is not toward the truth of the gospel. It says in verse, where was I? Okay, verse 14. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? He's talking about the law here. He's not talking about Jewish as in the race, but the law. Verse 15, we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For I build again those things which I destroyed. I make myself a transgressor. For I though I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. I must consider myself dead to the law, to my deeds, justifying myself. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I Now listen, verse 21 is the key. That's where we are missing the glory and power of God. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Listen, if we depend upon the law, we say to the grace, I don't need it, I'll do it. So Jesus' works become 
inoperative in my life. Jesus' works become inactive in my life. The grace is not working in me any longer when I depend upon my works. That's where, that's the key. That's right there is where majority of the church today is missing it. If I, it's my work, grace is not needed. Because grace means God doesn't consider my deeds. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week for a new audio download of the Day of Salvation audio podcast. Dear friends, I hope that this message has been a blessing to you. And if it has, please share it with your friends, family, and your loved ones. Thank you once again for tuning in. And until next time, remember that God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are blessed. Amen.